You know, we often go through circumstances that say something like this to us. This is reality for you. Get used to it. What I want to suggest to you is that there is real and there is really real. What is the higher reality that God is asking you to believe for? Hello there. Greetings and salutations. How's life? Welcome, friend. This is part four of the Questing with God series, and the title is Believe for the Higher Reality. This is Brian Del Turco. You're listening to Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 84. The conviction here is that Jesus knows how life works best right now, right here, right there where you're at. The future is his, and listen to this, it's starting to show up in the present. Well, it's been a while since I've added another episode to this series called Questing with God. Episode one in the series is called Pursue Adventure, Be Like Abraham. Check it out at episode number 57. Episode number two is Be a World Changer by Faith. That's episode 59. And episode three is Only the Best Benefit from the Power of Faith, episode 64. Well, this is episode 84, so you can see it's been a while, but we're coming back to this series from time to time, continuing to build it out. And I believe it's going to have around eight episodes in the series. There's a page that you can go to that is dedicated for this series, jesusmart.com forward slash questing series, jesusmart.com forward slash questing series. It'll show you the links that are live to date. It'll give you an idea about what's coming. And that's the best place to go to sort of aggregate the episodes in this questing with God series. What are we doing? What's up in this series? Well, we're discovering that as a Christ follower, we can reach back to the experience and the achievement of Abraham for precedent, for patterns, promises, and priorities in our own lives today. Abraham is a touchstone for us. He's uh, like an archetype, an original pattern of faith. The Bible's pretty clear on that. And it's all fulfilled in Christ now. It goes to like an exponential level on this side of the cross and the empty tomb and the ascension As a Christian, as a Christ follower, this dynamic of pulling upon Abraham, what we see in him, those kingdom dynamics go to an exponential level. We can look to Abraham, we can look to Sarah to see what it means to be a friend of God, what it means to journey with God, and to partner with God in his grand narrative. Let's get right into it today. There is a battle over defining what is real in your life, over what is real in my life. And the sooner we wake up to this contention, this struggle that's going on, the better. This battle over defining what is real. I forget the name of the great Chinese general in history who wrote The Art of War, but certainly one of the principles in the art of war must be, you must know when you're in a war, right? You must know when you're in a fight. 
And this battle can actually rage over our minds, our heart, our, our life, the circumstances of our life. And there can be, I believe, great, un- unfortunately, great amounts of time where we're even detached that there's a contention going on. And we then take on board what appears to us or what seems apparently real. We make it definitive. We begin to own it. And that is a big mistake. As our mind is renewed, as we progressively develop in the mind of Christ, what Paul calls the mind of Christ, we have to understand this contention and become more aware of it, more in tune and better equipped and mobilized to fight the good fight of faith. This, this battle over defining what is real, it, it's over our relationships, our marriage, if we're married, our family, if we have a family, our relationships in general, just our friends, contacts, our network, our work, our business, our entrepreneurialism, our community, our region, our nation. This battle extends over all of these areas. It basically plays out over terra firma, right? The firm earth, the whole plane of human existence, a battle over defining what is real. Now, here's here's how this works. If I could sort of bring it down to a nutshell, here it is. Circumstances, and please just think about that word. I'm not sure if this is the root meaning of the word, but circum certainly means around and stances. I don't know. What is standing against you? What's around you that feels like it's set against you? Circumstances and what's present in the now Here's the claim. This is reality for you. Just get used to it. But our response, our proactive response in Christ must be, wait a minute. We must remind ourselves there is quote unquote real and there is really real. And Jesus comes to us and says, I have a higher reality, which trumps the reality of the liar. Trust me. Work with me. You're going to get free and experience everything I have for you. Before we talk about super reality, let's think of Abraham and Sarah because we reach back to them for precedent in Christ. The scriptures hold them forth to us as prototype faith people. Okay? Prototype faith people. Abraham was 75 And Sarah was 65 when God first came to them, came to Abraham with the promise, which Sarah overheard and laughed, that they would have a child. Now, wait a minute. They had not had a child all of these years. Abraham, 75. Sarah, 65. This first announcement was catalytic and began a 25-year odyssey of faith leading to the birth of promise, Isaac. Well, the quote-unquote reality was that Abraham and Sarah were childless, right? They had not been able to conceive a child all of these years. Sarah was barren. Abraham thought of his own body. His understanding about his own body at that point was that I'm as good as dead, especially closer to when Isaac was born, closer to when he was 100. But listen, God is able to come with a word of promise And he came with a word of promise that Sarah would conceive a son. 
And it's not only just the scale of a son. On top of this, Abraham would be a father of nations. The world itself would be blessed through him throughout history. In truth, the scriptures say that Abraham would be heir of the world. Not error like E-R-R-O-R. Okay, sometimes we feel like that. But heir like H-E-I-R. One who inherits heir of the world. Now, Abraham, he fully understood his reality. And by the way, it's not just a promise that he would have a son for their immediate family, but it was a promise that he would be the father of nations. And I just want to encourage you to scale up in your faith, raise your belief set point, pray for hard and high goals or belief set points. Even in psychology, they say if we set goals, which are hard and high, like 10x goals over 1x goals or 2x goals, we will achieve much more. It catalyzes creativity and motivation and inspiration and energy. Even if we end up 5xing it on a 10x goal, it's better than 2xing it. And it's like, it's, it's like that in our prayers. We need something to believe for, my friend. You always need a faith horizon. Let's say you've recently come through. I've recently come through a season where one or two major things were resolved in prayer, which I'm incredibly grateful for. And let me tell you how I felt about it. Because during that time, my prayer life was at another level. I was exercising my faith at an above normal level, what feels like that. And then when the season ended and it was resolved, I almost felt like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm gearing down in my faith. I feel like um, I no longer have that faith horizon before me. That issue's resolved. Like, but here's what we need to do. Create horizons. It doesn't have to be a challenge. It can be an opportunity. Create horizons which catalyze your prayer life to what feels like above normal levels and which catalyzes your exercising of your faith. It's like a muscle. You need new demands placed upon that muscle to continue to tone it and develop it. If you get used to two sets of 10 at a certain weight, your body's very adaptive. It responds to those stresses positively. Your muscles grow and become stronger to handle that load. Well, what's next? Well, a good trainer will tell you, you must gear down in the reps again, add more weight, put more of a load, more of a demand upon your body, and continue to exercise. And it's, it's an increase, right? Our faith muscle is certainly like that, and there's no ceiling on it. There's no, the, the sky is the limit. So create new faith horizons, even if it's not a challenge. The gift of a challenge is that it catalyzes our prayer to, to higher gears and higher levels and the exercise of our faith. But when the challenge is over, when it's resolved in faith, what's next? Well, don't wait for the next challenge. Continue to exercise your faith. Just put before yourself opportunities believe set points and goals that you're going for. Always keep it toned so that when the next challenge comes, you're in a much better position, right? You have much better tonality, shall we say, in your faith muscle, much better oxygen utilization in your system of faith, if if we can say that, to, to deal with the challenge. Abraham fully understood his reality. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 4 verses 19 to 21, reading here from the New American Standard. And without becoming weak in faith, he, 
that's Abraham, contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. The Amplified says he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body. So he was staring down a lower level of reality here. He knew he was good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And it says, continuing, he knew the deadness of Sarah's womb. She would have been around 90 at this time. Yet, yet with respect to the promise of God. Now there's the pivot. He's looking at reality, lowercase reality, or or just lower level reality. Yet with respect to the promise of God, there's the pivot. He did not waver in unbelief, but he grew strong in his faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God promised, he was able to perform. Romans 4, 19 to 21. Now listen to the Phillips translation. Okay, the Phillips translation. With undaunted faith, he looked at all the facts. I've added a little note in parentheses here. Faith trumps facts with a higher reality. So he's not looking away from the facts. He's not denying the facts, but he's looking at them with undaunted faith. Carrying on his own impotence. He was practically a hundred years old at the time. And his wife, Sarah's apparent barrenness. Catch that word apparent that Philip put into the translation there. Yes, she was barren, but ultimately only apparently barren, right? Yet he refused to allow any distrust of a definite pronouncement of God to make him waver. He resolved, I'm commenting now, he, he would not distrust distrust the pronouncement of God. He would not waver. Now continuing, he drew strength from his faith and while giving the glory to God, remained absolutely convinced that God was able to implement his own promise. Now, can I just say that this kind of faith is almost crazy, okay? Not crazy like deranged, but actually it's a craziness which brings you into your complete faculties, okay? Your ability to receive revelation and to exercise faith and to go with God instead of what facts are saying, coming into your full faculties. It is a craziness of belief that is very enthusiastic. It's, it's, it's almost crazy. To the outside observer, they'll probably say you're crazy, and uh, meaning you're deranged. You're, you've, you've lost your marbles. You've got You're a couple of French fries short from your Happy Meal at McDonald's. I mean, you're just not all there. That's what it's going to look like to them. But you are actually enthusiastic in God. And it's very interesting when we look at the Greek root meaning of our word enthusiastic, it actually means to be possessed by God, to be enthused in theos or God inside of you, possessed by God. Listen to how the message, are you ready for the message here in Romans 4? Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. Listen to this. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. Boy, is that easy to do. He plunged into the promise and he came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good 
on what he said. So that's a look at Abraham and Sarah as our models, as our prototypical faith model. Now let's talk about super reality, not reality, quote unquote, which appears to us on the level of facts and circumstances from a fallen plane, but super reality, which comes to us from above by revelation, it imposes the design of God upon a natural fallen circumstance. Let's talk about super reality for just a moment. You see, my friend, Abraham did not deny his situation. Okay, he didn't deny it. He didn't put his head in the ground. He didn't look away from it. He stared it down in faith. It's just that what God was giving him was a higher reality, a super reality. It's like natural and supernatural. There's the natural plane and there's the supernatural plane. God was giving him a higher reality a higher vision. It was connected with the mind of God, the design of God for Abraham and for the earth. He was giving him a higher reality, a super reality based upon his own word of promise to Abraham. And this higher reality, listen, it it comes in like a seed. When it first comes, it's at the seed level. It comes in small. It's vulnerable. But in Abraham, it began to grow and it developed within him. Romans 4 says that he grew strong in faith until he came to a tipping point. He came to a place of being fully assured, Romans 4 says, that what God had promised, he would perform. Here's another way we could say it. On the inside of him, in his spirit, in his understanding, in his renewed mind, in his belief motor, it became bigger on the inside than what was around him on the outside. It became bigger than his personal history. It became bigger than his own biology, than Sarah's biology. It became bigger than their anatomy. It became bigger than their defunct reproductive systems. Their actual physical bodies, think of it, were enlivened, quickened by the life of God, animated, Abraham came to a level of firm belief that God would impart his very eternal life to him, releasing releasing his creative ability in his life and in Abraham's assignment and calling. Now, these scriptures are written for our instruction, the Bible says. These models and these templates, what God did for them, he can do for us. We don't read it as just a story or history of what God did in the past. You need to hear the living voice of the Lord coming through the text to you, into your context, into your situation, into your life, right? Into your assignment, into those areas of life where you feel weak. Maybe you feel dead. You don't feel like you can reproduce or increase anything in those areas. I'm saying, and I should have a mirror in this room right now and look in it as I say it, I am saying that the life of God, the very creative force of all things, the Holy Spirit, The word of the Lord to you is able to animate that situation, bring it to life again, impregnate it, enable you to reproduce, enable you to bear fruit in those areas for the story of God, for the glory of God. Romans 4 and 17, a verse, just a few verses earlier than the passage we read, 
says that in the sight of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So Abraham now, he came to a place in his journey. He was about 100 now. Sarah was 90. They have gone through this 25-year odyssey of faith. We know there were some ups and downs. There were recommunications from God, different encounters with God that he had. Altars were built. He worshiped. He believed. He was brought faith to faith, level to level in faith and in strength and in glory. He was now in a place in his journey with God where he absolutely knew that God could bring life into the deadness of his own body. His belief was that God would open his barren wife's womb, his wife's barren womb, calling into being that which had not yet existed. Remember, Abraham and Sarah are our prototypes of faith. We live in a superior covenant right now in which the precedent and the kingdom dynamics that we see in Abraham and Sarah should be coming to exponential fruition and maturation. We understand, listen, we find ourselves in situations, in a sense, they're gifts to us to stretch our heart, to stretch our belief, to exercise our faith muscle. We understand the reality of a situation we're in, but we have before us the opportunity to come to an understanding that the word of promise from God is a higher reality, which is catalytic. The word of God actuates the design of God. It brings into fruition the counsel and plan of God, the story of God. And just as with Abraham and Sarah, this super reality of God becomes our experience. So what is the higher reality that God is asking you to believe for? What is that niche or that spot that needs application of this kingdom dynamic? Come on, what is it that you need to get past? What, what mountain needs to be removed or what twisted thing needs to be made straight that the glory of the Lord would be revealed? Let me give you five very quick bullet points. Number one, listen to what God is saying to you. Number two, filter out what I'm calling, quote unquote, non-God messaging. Filter out non-God messaging. You are swimming in it. I am swimming in it. It's all around us. It's subtle. It's insidious. It comes to us through the media. It comes to us from those who are even close to us. It comes to us from parts of the church that we may call low revelation Christ followers. If you want to go to the higher levels, you're going to have to have a remnant mindset. You're going to have to have a hundredfold mindset, 30, 60, and a hundredfold return on the sowing of the word of the kingdom in my life. I will bring it to fruition. You're going to have to almost have a pro, like a pro mindset. A true pro has a completely different worldview and mindset than a JV athlete, right? Filter out non-God messaging. Okay, number three, give yourself permission to be crazy. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to have to be what appears to be crazy to others. You're going to have to be enthusiastic in your faith, resolved to a point where you are running against the crowd. You're running against the mob, right? Give yourself permission to be crazy. Number four, give glory to God as you increase in your faith strength. Just like Abraham in, in Romans 4, give glory to God as you increase in your faith strength. And, and number five, remember, this is... Very important. 
Because God just doesn't want to do things to you or through you or for you. He wants to do things in you. And what I mean by that is transforming you through the faith journey. You are becoming more Christ-like. God is transforming you through the quest. You're deepening your relationship with God. You're perfecting. God is perfecting, and you're cooperating and, and yielding to the process. So you're perfecting your inner state. You're becoming more Christ-like. Believe me, that was happening in Abraham through that 25-year odyssey of faith. And that was happening in Sarah, too. Well, I hope you're really benefiting and have some strong takeaways from this series, Questing with God. The Lord challenges us. He inspires us. You can go to jesussmart.com forward slash questing series to see an aggregation of these episodes. This is episode number four. You can go back to the previous three episodes and you can always come back to this page and binge listen it or send the page to someone else that you think may value this content and benefit from these kingdom principles that we see in Abraham and Sarah. There are three or four more episodes to come in this series, and topics will include faith as a substance of what we hope for, an actual substance. You're going to like this. It's a hypostasis in the Greek from uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It means a ground of being or a foundation, a foundational core layer upon which God wants to build the manifestation of what he's promising you, faith as a substance. And also, I know another topic is over-the-horizon thinking and over-the-horizon belief, and there's several more as well. Well, thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a lot of options now. Jesus Smart most recently has now been added to iHeartRadio. Yes, you if you have an iHeartRadio app, Search for Jesus Smart, the podcast. iHeartRadio is uh, now pushing podcast, and it's a great app, a great delivery system to be available on. You can catch it there. But whenever you rate and review and click subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use, it helps others to discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them. So it's really the best way that you can help this come before more, more ear holes, if I could say that. Plus, it keeps you connected with the content as it comes out. Now, if you want to really like learn faster and sort of run with some material and move on it instead of just listening to it and maybe get, maybe it getting stolen from you or choked out, okay? Here's what you can do. Here's one of the great things in, in, in any kind of learning, not just scriptural learning, is to immediately act on what you're learning. Immediately begin to apply. Uh, the way the scriptures talk about this in James chapter 2 is to do works. You have the word, but then have activity or works, and that perfects your faith, according to James 2. The works perfect your faith. Here's another way that you can really lock it in, apply it, and then sec- and then secondly, teach it. So you lock it in by acting on the Word and then teach someone. That just means share it. Maybe talk about it. Maybe talk about it with somebody who's close to you, or share an episode with someone, or just have a discussion about it, or maybe it takes you in a whole different path that is not even on the podcast, but the podcast maybe was instrumental in, in catalyzing a conversation. I don't know, but it's a good idea in life to share and to teach everything you know. And Jesus really taught us this in the Great Commission. He says, go out and teach them everything I've said. So everything that you receive from the Lord, don't hoard it. 
but give it away. And believe me, there's much more where that came from. Now, remember, we always remember that like knowledge is not power. Knowledge is only potential power. To be real, knowledge must be actuated. It must be put into motion. It must be applied. And we also must understand that knowledge in the kingdom is a not a cerebral knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. And it's a heart knowledge which is based upon a, a relational knowledge with Jesus. Yes, he teaches us how his world works, how his kingdom works. There are laws. There are principles. There are, there are things that are just as sound and even more so than gravity. At its core, at its essence, it's about our heart relationship. It's about loving Jesus and our heart relationship with King Jesus. From that place flows what we could call a working kingdom knowledge, a practical working kingdom knowledge that will elevate your life, to be sure, and it will ev- elevate everything you touch, and it will raise your life story and your assignment and your calling into new spaces and new places. If you feel inclined, post and share on the social media, and you can visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode, episode number 84. You can leave thoughts and questions there. There's a way to reach out through a contact page. And you'll often find additional resources there to dive deeper on a theme in a particular episode. Plus, you can sign up to receive a free weekly email for next level ideas and practice to advance as a Christ follower. Hey, my friend, as always with Jesus, our horizon is smart. Find your storyline in the royal narrative. Make it a smart week. Until next time.